0: and welcome to Re-Energise. This is the place to discover more about emerging tech in the offshore renewables and how we will harness natural resources to meet our future energy needs. My name is Charlotte Strang-Moran. Graduate Electrical Engineer at the Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult, UK's leading innovation and research centre for offshore renewables. We connect agile technology developers, academics and industry working to accelerate the UK wind, wave and tidal energy sectors. Today, the podcast is focusing on engineers, the people driving the massive scale-up of the young renewables industry. I'll be talking to the OREC engineers today to compare how we all got into this field of work experiences and the views on the opportunities for the future. In Glasgow, I'm joined today with Sam Porteous.
1: Hello, I am an engineer working here in the Glasgow office in the operation and performance department. I joined the Catapult about two years ago and since joining I've been working mostly on tidal projects but also a little bit with wave and with wind as well.
0: From the Test and Validation Facility in Blyth near Newcastle, we have David Cox and Adam Burgess.
2: I'm Dave Cox. I've been with the catapult about three and a half years now. Uh, I'm Senior Mechanical Engineer in the Testing and Validation Department.
3: Hi, I'm Adam Burgess. I'm a Mechanical Engineer here. I've been here for two and a half years. I work in the test and Validation Department with Dave. been working on blade testing and drive train testing, um, a couple of other little novel projects looking at things such as leading edge erosion.
0: Everyone seems to agree that getting more people involved, bringing greater diversity of people into engineering is vital for future UK economy. It's definitely an area of interest at the moment. So I'll start. When I left school, I never really thought about engineering. Um, I actually went to university to do Central and Eastern European studies. I did it for a month and then I realised that it just wasn't for me. So I then ended up working part-time first of all, and then full-time in a warehouse in Glasgow, um, where I would work doing installations for sound and lights for churches. Um, The people there were amazing. They taught me how to repair desks, microphones, lighting equipment, um, I soon realised that I loved electronics and electrical so I found myself fixing everything I could find. I then joined a, a different company where I would work with live events um, and my experience of electronics, electrical, um, technical equipment, it just grew and grew and I decided to go back to college to do my HNC in electrical engineering. When I was there I found out about engineering as a job. I was encouraged by lecturers and friends that an engineering course might be worthwhile. So I went to Strathclyde university and that's when I realized that all I wanted to do was engineering. Adam, how did you get into engineering?
3: My route was probably the most straightforward route into engineering you could imagine. Um, my dad's a mechanical engineer. My granddad was a mechanical engineer. Uh, when I was younger, um, I I was always building and fixing things with my dad, um, partially because he was Yorkshire and really tight, so I didn't want to spend money on anything, uh, and partially because he just loved engineering, so it was always something that I was really interested in, so um, I kind of knew when I was doing my GCSEs and my A-levels that it was something that I've always been interested in, did mechanical engineering at university, and yeah, got a job in engineering, so my route was actually strangely straightforward I'd say.
0: What about you Dave? What got you into engineering?
3: I didn't
2: really know about engineering as a career until quite late on in school. I think I was always interested in it I just didn't know it as it were so I was always into the sciences and, and working with my hands but as I was sort of deciding what I was going to do once I left school it was my mum actually came home with some brochures about engineering and um, I had no engineers in the family or anything like that so once I started looking into it, it seemed like a pretty obvious choice. Um, and then went straight and did a mechanical engineering degree and out into the industry.
1: What about you, Sam? Yeah, it was kind of similar in that when I, think when I was a kid, I didn't really think much about my future like most kids. Um, but then it got to towards the end of school. One thing I knew was that I was really interested in how things work. and I think just from conversations with various people, I realized that that's kind of what engineering was. So it made sense for me to go and see if I could pursue engineering. So from school, I applied for engineering degrees and I got onto the engineering course at Strathclyde University. And yeah, that kind of just started my engineering um, career. And then after graduating from there, I came here. Here I am two years later.
0: Adam I know that you work with schools to promote STEM subjects in your area what do you think are the barriers to kids taking up engineering in your region?
3: The biggest barrier I see is just awareness of what engineering is and the accessibility to engineering. I think in Blythe at the moment we have quite a lot of initiatives and partnerships with schools in the local area so I think it's really starting to improve. yeah the, the biggest um, barrier i see is just awareness what does an engineer do what is exciting about it you really see um, a light bulb turn on in the kids heads when they actually start coming around our sites and seeing um, what's going on the really exciting things that they can get involved with what i've also seen is that you really need to get them interested in stem subjects and um, before puberty because Going into schools after that hits, they're more interested in Instagram, flirting with each other, um, everything else apart from engineering. So I think by that point, you've really lost them. Um, So you've really got to get in early and and Mm -hmm. get that interest whilst they're younger.
0: Dave, what was your experience of subjects at school? Do you think things are changing for the better or worse in terms of access to
2: education? Well, I went to school in New Zealand. Certainly when I was at school, uh, there was no real STEM program. Like I say, I wasn't really aware of engineering as a as a career, even as a thing. Um, I think not having people in the family or people that I knew that were in the industry already, it's almost a bit of a, an invisible career to a lot of people. I, I don't know how things have changed in New Zealand now, but certainly in, in the UK, where we've got the big STEM programs that are getting a, a good push, I think that's, uh, that's quite important. Because if you're not, aware of it existing already it could almost pass you by I think as a as a choice quite easily.
0: Sam you're a graduate engineer like me what was your experience of getting through the education system to reach the job you wanted?
1: Um, I actually quite enjoyed the education system Um, I think at school you got you got a chance to with all the different classes you had you got a chance to be exposed to lots of different things which really helped with deciding on a career, because when you get exposed to all these different things, you kind of figure out quite quickly what you like and what you don't like. And one of the things I really liked at school was physics. And I think physics teachers always emphasised that a lot of the stuff that we did in physics was very applicable in engineering. So, yeah, I think for me, it, yeah, it, certainly later on in school, it became quite clear that engineering was a thing which I was interested in. Um, and then throughout university as well, you got exposed to a really broad range of different types of engineering, which is really helpful in deciding what sector you wanted to go into when graduating and getting an engineering job. So, I yeah, really enjoyed the um, education experience.
0: From my previous job, there were people who I'm thankful of that were very encouraging and supportive of me going back to education. Um, from college, again, there were lecturers and those within university that really supported me to pursue an electrical engineering degree, those in which I'm actually still in contact with today. Did any of you meet anyone like that? What about you, Sam?
1: I don't think I can pinpoint anyone specifically who encouraged me into like further education or into engineering, but I think it was kind of just a, a combination of support from lots of different people, from family and friends and from Uh, teachers at school as well I think as well one of the main things which um, kind of poked me towards engineering was all the practical experiences I got when I was growing up Um, I got chances to do lots of engineering related things just on like um, things I did with friends and on camps I was on and that sort of thing so I think all that kind of contributed towards um, putting me in the direction of
3: engineering
0: what about you Adam
3: for me really just my dad being an engineer, he never, he never pushed me into engineering but because of my upbringing I was really aware of what engineering was and from a quite young age I understood that pretty much everything was engineering. Everything that I touch that I use has been made by an engineer in some source whether it's electrical, mechanical, chemical. So for me it was actually um, quite hard to choose which engineering discipline I was going to go into um, because I was interested in quite a lot of different ones. It was toss-up between chemical and mechanical um, for quite a while. Definitely, my dad just gave me an understanding of what it was from an early age.
0: And, Dave, what, um, was there anybody that inspired you to do engineering?
2: I went into engineering as a result of a few small things, rather than um, any big role model or something like that. Um, at school, I suppose the closest thing I had was a physics teacher. I had the same teacher for two or three years in a row and he was very proud of the fact he wasn't a physicist but he was an engineer, even though for quite a while I didn't really sort of understand what he was talking about. Um, (laughs) I think by the time we'd had a couple of years, he had a couple of years being my teacher and, you know, you start to get to know each other a bit more, he'd say, you know, are you thinking about doing that because you might be a good fit for it sort of thing. So that was probably one of the closest things I had to, to something like that, I suppose.
0: At school I was a fan of both art and maths, but it seemed at school you always had to make a choice between one and the other. Did anybody else have an experience like that?
2: I suppose I did languages at school. I think my sister was quite strong in languages and I sort of followed suit. But also I played music, I was in bands and stuff all the way through school. Uh, but you get to a point as you're getting towards the end where you almost have to make a choice as to where you want to go. And uh, drop the languages, still keep playing the music but more informally, I suppose, and then focused on the subjects that you know I was being told I needed to focus on uh, to get through. But I think it's something, uh, certainly a lot of engineers that I know have got some sort of artistic streak in them, uh, be it music or, or photography or, or something else. And I think the two do go quite strongly hand in hand. Something, again, there's perhaps a bit of misinformation about there people don't really understand it but uh, i think once you see it from the inside it's it's definitely a very creative industry
0: well but you sam do you have an artistic streak (laughs)
1: um i think the closest thing to artistic that i get is cooking probably i really enjoy cooking and i think there's a bit of artistry in how you make things taste and how you make things look as well so that's probably closest it gets for me (laughs) but yeah i agree with dave there is a lot of there's kind of a lot of crossover with art and engineering because you have to be very um, inventive and like with engineering, a lot of the stuff you do is new stuff, which is, it's not, a, sometimes it's not a science as it were. Um, and it's kind of more artistic and it's more, yeah, just inventing kind of new novel ways of doing things. And I think that's quite a lot of crossover.
0: What about you, Adam?
3: I never really saw it as a choice of one or the other until... I got to A-levels, I guess. Again, I just sort of like art. I performed in the theatre for about 10 years before I went to university. Um, And then at that point, I kind of made my decision of I I could have gone either way, really. Um, But I always preferred engineering, found it more interesting, and I I saw more of a career in it for myself. Um, So that's when it changed. But yeah, I don't think you've got to drop either. I think a lot of engineers, like Dave Mm -hmm. says, have a bit of a passion for both. The cooking that Sam
2: mentioned is an interesting one and one that's kind of close to my heart. (laughs) Um, My first job out of university I was designing kitchen appliances and specifically uh, ovens and stuff like that and uh, I guess I was in charge of the performance side of it so making sure that they were cooking food as as best as they could and when you start thinking about how food cooks from an engineering perspective I started to understand it a lot better and then I started getting interested in cooking as well. And you can quite easily see, again, a lot of crossover there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting comment you make.
0: Working with electricity, I find people around me find it a bit challenging to understand electrical terms and engineering terms. People would ask if the job was dangerous. With all the associated risks, some might find it off-putting. Did the risks ever put you off? What about you, Sam? I
1: can't honestly say that I had, when I was... When I was applying for engineering, when I was studying engineering, I hadn't really grasped much of like the safety side of stuff and what dangers there are in engineering. But I think certainly since working like the the greatest danger, I think, in engineering is how whatever you um, design or build will affect those who use it or those who are going to be around it. Obviously, if you're making something in engineering, you need to make it so that it's going to be safe for people to use and it's not going to cause any damage to people. Um, so I guess like, that's, kind of, that's kind of a main concern of things that you do in engineering, of designs you make, is uh, making sure that they function, but also making sure that they're totally safe to use.
0: Dave, is your job practical? Are you in front of the computer or in a workshop or on site a lot?
2: So I think Adam and I are quite lucky. Um, well, certainly I am from the way I like to work with engineering is that we get a real variety of practical and theoretical based work. So it depends on the stage of projects we're at. Um, we could have several months where we're doing drawings and calculations and, and that sort of thing. And then other periods where we'll be in our, out on site getting greasy and dirty for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it's really good because it stops things getting tedious, but uh, at the same time, you get a nice balance of stuff as well. So
0: What's well, the riskiest parts of your job?
2: That's a good question. Um, certainly, the scariest part is when you're loading up something that you've designed. Um, with the size of the forces and loads that we have uh, with the catapult, it's always just a little bit nervous when you're watching your designs go into loads. And I guess we're working with big and heavy equipment and we've just got to be so thorough in the way we we go about working with it. And if we didn't manage that risk, you know, it would be a pretty, pretty scary place to work. Um, but, you know, with our experience and, and the guys' experience on site, you know, that's the way we manage it, is uh, mm-hmm. it's just through careful planning and management.
0: I have one more question for you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been doing engineering for quite a while now. Do you think health and safety culture has changed over the years?
2: Definitely. Um, the biggest step change for me was coming from New Zealand to the UK. Um, I'm not going to say New Zealand was lax on health and safety because it's certainly not the case but uh, the UK is, is famous for its approach to health and safety I guess and it's one of those things that evolves over time you know you, you're approaching the, the weakest link um, so if you spot something that's perceived as a risk then you then you solve that and then you the, the move on to the next thing, the next weakest link and then you solve that and then move on and on and on so it's never going to be solved for want of a better word but uh, I think you're going to find that what comes in in the future is probably going to look quite different from what's come in in the past 10, 20
3: years maybe.
0: So Adam, do you feel like we carry a heavy responsibility when it comes to designing projects and work schedules?
3: Yeah, it doesn't feel um, crazy heavy because I guess the responsibility grows as your experience grows. So when you first start out in engineering, um, no one Gives you any responsibility for anything particularly scary or dangerous and um, but as you sort of gain experience become more competent then you do get i'd say more risky projects and the kind of the large-scale stuff that we do here and um, you've always got a team around you of people that are going to check what you're doing um, and we're quite lucky in the culture that we've got on site here where people aren't afraid to say stop and um, question things if, if they think that you might have missed something. And again, even if it has been checked, it's the stuff that we work with is big and heavy. And if something goes wrong, it'll, it'll potentially really go wrong. Um, so there is some pressure there, but it's, it's not too bad because there's always a team around you.
0: So if we look more towards the rewards of engineering, what was the most lucrative area of engineering to get into these days? I guess we all would probably see our own area of engineering. But, um, if you could ever switch an engineering um, discipline, would you, Adam?
3: I, I mean, I like all engineering. I'd happily, at the moment, I'm really enjoying um, wind and renewables. But for me, I'd, I'd probably give anything a go for for six months, um, because you don't really know what you enjoy the most. Until you do it. I used to work at a consultancy company, and uh, every project I had was different, and I probably enjoyed them all as much as I did the previous ones. I really like what I like about engineering is variety. Um, some engineers like to do really repetitive tasks. Um, I like to do different things each time, which is quite nice here at Catapult because you're, you're testing, um, always testing new things, so it never gets boring. Yeah, I, I couldn't put my finger on what is the most lucrative, I just enjoy new challenges.
0: What about you Sam, is there anything you'd like to try?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Adam that getting exposure to a lot of different kinds of engineering is a good thing because it helps you to figure out what you like doing the most. Um, At the moment I'm very happy in the mechanical kind of side of stuff that I've been doing. One thing I would like to do is a bit more um, stuff to do with data though. Um, I think Certainly, in offshore renewables, data and how we use our data is going to be a really big thing coming up in the future. Um, we're constantly developing new ways of using the data which wind turbines give us and which other um, renewable energy devices as well give us. So, developing ways of using that data and developing the skills that required to look at that data and analyze it and all that kind of stuff, I think that would be a really, really interesting and a very lucrative as well um, area of engineering to get into. Dave, is
0: there any other type of engineering you'd like to give a try?
1: Not really. I mean, I've
2: worked in completely different industries every time I've changed jobs, which probably satisfies that <laughs> urge, I suppose, that you're always learning something new. And I think that's quite key. Uh, I don't think anyone really goes into engineering to become a millionaire. But uh, at the same time, I think the uh, level of job satisfaction is generally pretty high. And certainly to me, that's, that's the most important thing. So if I come to leave here at any point, you know, would I look to change? Possibly, you know. Um, it's not something I'm act- actively seeking, but it's sort of come out through just the way things have happened in my life, really, I suppose.
0: Sam, have you ever worked overseas? Or has work ever presented any overseas opportunities?
1: I've worked a little, a little bit overseas in the past couple of years, just for um, a few days at a time. So I've been to... Canada once for a trip Um it's kind of a, a trip to set up more projects with Canadian companies so that was really interesting uh, I've been able to go to Paris for EU funded project meetings and then I mean it's not really overseas but it's almost as far away as a lot of overseas places Shetland up in, <laughs> in the north of Scotland been there for some tidal energy work as well so I've had a few opportunities but never any extended periods overseas
0: what about you Adam
3: no, I haven't really. Um, all of my stuff has really been based in the in the UK. A um, couple of little secondments to different sites and facilities in the UK, but that's about it.
0: What about you, Dave? Have you done engineering in different countries?
3: Well, obviously, I, I started out back home uh, before
2: I came over here. Um, that was sort of my choice rather than the job sending me around. Um, my last job... I got sent around a couple of places, the States and a couple of places in Europe. Short-term sort of small projects and a little bit with this company as well. Again, not overseas, but I've just been in Manchester this week for some training and, uh, and been around a few places there. It really depends on the industries you're working in, the companies you're working for, and that sort of thing as to whether you get those opportunities. I think, I think there's always some option there, certainly.
0: Sam, earlier you talked about data becoming more important in offshore wind. How do you see jobs uh, and engineering jobs changing in the coming years? What other sub-skills do you think will be more important?
1: Well, I think going back to what Dave was saying earlier about the health and safety culture we've got here in the UK, um, I think a lot of the innovation that's happening in the renewable energy sector is being driven by health and safety culture. So one thing is automation of Um, different things that we use. So for example, automation of wind turbine inspection in offshore environments, that's something which is really taking off at the moment and something which a lot of people are trying to push the door of. Um, So I think areas like that, areas in automation, areas where we can increase safety, but also areas where we can um, increase the efficiency of the things that we do. I think those are going to be areas where there's going to be a lot of Growth, and there are going to be areas where there's going to be a lot of a lot of skills required to help push forward those industries. So, um, skills in automation, skills in data analysis, and um, but also engineering design skills. I think there's a lot of novel thinking that's going to be needed in developing solutions to help um, help us to run our offshore wind farms, wave machines, and tidal machines in efficient and safe ways.
0: Adam what would you say is the top benefit of being an engineer and what's the biggest downside or challenge that you've ever had to face along the way?
3: Biggest benefit is it's kind of just like being a big kid. Um, you get to play with toys, but they're just bigger and more fun and you get to design the toys yourself. Kind of you get a, sometimes you get a blank piece of paper and you can, again, you can be a bit creative, do whatever you want, um sometimes you're making a, a product like my first job was working at a shelving manufacturing company as much as it wasn't particularly challenging and it was just shelves for like Tesco's, Alice's Morrison's I'd be walking down the supermarket and I'd be like that's my shelf that's my shelf <laughs> then you, know, you get to work at some other projects of companies where you'll be working on a project for a year or a couple of years waiting to being installed and there's a facility down at rolls royce which um, which i designed and now i can say that's my building here you get to it's quite a rapid industry in testing every time we get a new blade a new turbine in you get to design equipment and it comes in and then you get to install it Um, so you spend a quite like Dave was saying before myself spent a couple of months behind our desk um, designing things, getting everything manufactured and then we get to put our overalls on, go on the test floor and um, get everything put together. What is the biggest downside? Um, I can't really think of any downsides to my job. I like most of it and the fact that there are challenges is what's good. Um, I get challenges every day and that's what keeps it exciting.
0: I think I agree. What about you, Dave? What's the best thing about being an engineer? And is there any challenges that you've had to overcome?
2: For me, I think the best thing is that I can do for a job something that suits who I am as a person, um, which makes it quite easy to do. You know, it doesn't. sometimes when things are going well, it doesn't feel like work at all. And I think that's, uh, that's a really nice place to be. Um, from the downside, again, it's uh, there aren't too many, to be honest. Um, when you find yourself in that situation where you're doing something that, you, that you're suited to and that you enjoy, then perfect, you know? Everyone's
1: happy.
0: Definitely. So Sam, if you could pick the best bit of advice to give youngsters who want to start engineering, what would you say? I think
1: the main thing I would say would be just try and expose yourself to as much varied engineering as possible, right from the beginning. I think being able to see all the different kinds of engineering, all the different areas and all the different tasks that you get involved in is really good for developing skills and experience, but it's also really good for identifying what bits of it you like the most. And that's really gonna help you to, in future, specialize in the area that you enjoy the most, which means you'll be able to get the job which you enjoy, you'll be able to do things which you enjoy doing, and That'll make for a really good career.
0: Adam, what's your top piece of advice?
3: I kind of follow on from what Sam said and say, consider you're probably not going to retire until you're about 70, uh, the way things are going. So make sure you're going to do something that you enjoy. Don't listen to anyone that's telling you, you should do this or you should do that because they're not going to have to do your career for the next 50 years. If you need to take some time, Figure out what you actually enjoy, um, and the only way you're going to know if you enjoy something is by trying it, exploring. Give a couple of things a go.
0: What about you, Dave? What's your best piece of advice?
3: I'm going to start sounding like a broken record here, but
2: it's it's exactly what the other guys have been saying. Trying to identify the things that you feel comfortable with, that you enjoy. Um, don't try and lock yourself into any decisions too early. I certainly. <laughs> all the way through school and all the way through university I I tried to keep lots of options available you know not uh, specializing maybe that's just because I didn't know what I wanted to do uh, maybe some people do and that's that's great but if you do find that that area that you really find the interest in then then really go for it because uh, as a career it can be uh, something you can get immersed in pretty deeply and can be pretty rewarding if uh, if you find yourself in a good place you know so
0: have any of you ever thought about entrepreneurship, breaking away, working your own business, working your own hours, creating whatever it is you want to create?
2: I certainly have, constantly almost sometimes. Uh, the idea of it really appeals to me. It's, I suppose, settling on an idea is the hard part for me. <laughs> the idea of the challenge of it, you know, building something
3: up from just a seed in your own mind is, is kind of exciting, really. I've I've definitely thought about it quite a few times. There's always a couple of different ideas brewing in the background, but I'm I'm quite aware that every single day that I come to work, I'm learning a lot. I still want to take a bit of time to keep on learning before I go and do that. Um, and, you know, build up some contacts around me, some engineers that I can trust um, before, going off alone and, and trying to do something.
1: Yeah, I would, I would echo exactly what Adam said there is some ideas I have, which would be really exciting and really, it'd be, it'd be really cool being able to set up your own company and do your own thing. But at the moment coming into work surrounded by world-class engineers who I'm able to learn from every day. And I think for me in the stages of my career is that that's uh, just a great opportunity, which I don't want to pass up. Um, so yeah I think for me I'm going to stick with what I'm doing right now and maybe entrepreneurship in the future at some point but who knows.
0: Would any of you ever think of any further career development anyone interested in getting involved in any new technology any augmented reality what about you Sam are you interested in any further
1: learning? Um, Well, one thing that I've really enjoyed about my job is the operational side of stuff. So I've had the opportunity to be involved in planning and executing operations on title sites. And I think that's something that I would quite like to pursue for at least for some further learning. At the moment, I've had a little bit of on-the-job experience just learning from others how to do that well, but I think some further probably on the job learning learning from guys who do that for their full-time jobs would be something which you are be really interested in and I think something which should be really helpful.
0: Well, about you, Adam? Is there anyth- anything new in the world of technology that you'd like to learn? Any new skills?
3: Um, I think, as I said before, I'm continuously learning new things every day. Um, I'm currently doing my MSc part-time, so that kind of takes up most of my learning time at the moment. After that, um, I'm sure there'll be lots of things that I want to get involved in. But it'll, things are changing so fast that what that will be in a couple of years' time, I'm not sure. I uh, say so I've just been away this week on a on a training
2: course, looking at. Uh strengthening my knowledge on simulation and analysis. And that's something I quite enjoy. Um, Goes hand in hand with my design background, I suppose. I don't have a long-term plan for any of that sort of stuff, but I I find as I come across stuff and get interested in it, um, then I try and and build up that knowledge as best I can, really.